Hello, good morning, and welcome to the City Business Edition. My name is Kojo Akoto Boating. This is the first edition for the month of February, and this is actually the first standalone City Business Edition for the year because we spent the month of January bringing you highlights from the Effective Living series. Now, for this first conversation, I'm talking to a pace setter, a special woman who has made Ghana proud, um, who has made Africa proud, and who has paid her dues uh, for about 35 years, um, serving the country, serving the world with her knowledge in engineering. She is the past president or former president of the Ghana Institution of Engineering. She is currently the president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. She's actually the fifth president. Now she's choked a couple of firsts. She was the first female to be president of the Ghana Institution of Engineering. And she's the first female to be president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. And also the first Ghanaian to be president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. So that's a hat trick of firsts actually. And her name, is engineer Mrs. Kalian Bouchadid. Uh, she's a structural engineer. Um, she's a loyal servant of the Republic. And I'm happy to be talking to her today about her life and about the engineering profession in general. Madam President, welcome to the City Business Edition. Thank you very much. And, and congratulations. I watched your induction ceremony last week via Zoom, and I listened attentively as um, the likes of engineer Harold Iseku, engineer Kabine Japon, and the immediate past president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations, extolling your experience and your virtues and describing how happy they were that you are now the president of the organization. How does it feel to be the first female to be president of Ghana Institution of Engineering? first to be president of the Africa um, Association and first Ghanaian to rise to the position of president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for the congratulations. And as to how I feel, well, I think that there's a great deal of responsibility uh, with being the first to hold positions like that, and a lot is expected. So yes, I feel the urge to perform and to do what is expected and to um, meet the kind of expectations that uh, people have of me. Now, before we even get into your personal story, um, there are people who do not know much about the Ghana Institution of Engineering. Um, there are people who don't know much about the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. What, what do these institutions do? What's their role in our, in our lives? Okay. Now, the Ghana Institution of Engineering is a professional body. And what it does is to register engineering practitioners that uh, are qualified to practice in Ghana. At the moment, the institution registers from craftsmen through to technicians, technologists, right up to the professional engineer. And what they do is they register you immediately, you qualify, you have the basic minimum qualification. 
And then when um, you have practiced for some time and you, it's felt you've had adequate experience, you go for a professional examination and the institution will then forward your name to the engineering council that will now certify you as being uh, qualified to practice in Ghana. It's now a requirement for every engineering practitioner to be certified by the engineering council. And the institution does that assessment on behalf of the council. Now with the Federation, the Federation is a body of engineering organizations and its principal members are professional engineering institutions all over Africa, like the Ghana Institution of Engineering. So these institutions come under one umbrella. But what the Federation now does is also register engineering organizations like um, maybe uh, an electricity company, for example, any organization that has engineering as its basis. The, Federation now registers such organizations as well. So what it's doing is representing the engineering family on the continent and seeking their views and basically trying to use engineering to help the continent develop. So those are the two organizations and that's what they do. That's interesting. So um, in Ghana, the Ghana Institution of Engineering ensures that engineers are taken through training, they are registered so that the regulator, which is the engineering council, can then certify them to ensure yes. there's proper practice of engineering in the country. Yes, yeah, the, the, it's in fact, I should have mentioned, it's not just individuals, but companies as well. Great. So companies also have to be certified. And so the institution does that assessment as well. I, I will get into your tenure as president of the Ghana Institution of Engineering and your vision for the Federation shortly. But tell me a bit about yourself. How did you end up becoming an engineer? What type of engineer are you? Well, I'm a structural engineer that has specialized in earthquake engineering. And uh, how did I get interested in engineering? Well, I've always been somebody who wanted to innovate and wanted to be doing new things all the time. My father happened to be an engineer, so I knew exactly, well, I had a good idea what engineers did. And so that's how come, I must say, I never considered any other profession. Nothing else was exciting enough. So that's how come I ended up as an engineer. What was it, was it was it challenging when you were coming up? Because I have a fair idea about engineering training in the country, and at KNUST in the engineering classes, we had a lot more uh, men than women. How was it when you were you were in school? Yes, I, let me say it was challenging. First of all, I did my sixth form at Presec, which is an all-boys school. It certainly was an all-boys school at the time. So I was the only girl in the maths class, which was quite challenging. And I'd gone there from an all-girls school, Wesley girls. So it was a big change. But um, I somehow managed to pull through in university to, um, in a class of about 200 
of us for civil engineering, there were only three girls. Wow. And we were Asian. And although they were we, we girls, because we were the only three in the class, we did, um, we're all friends, but they tended to work together because they were both, you know, one was from Malaysia and one was from Singapore. So I tended to find myself having to work on my own. And somehow you, I just didn't get to mix with other classmates at all. It's just on a few occasions you do group work and even that um, we didn't really mix. So I was, I must say, it wasn't so easy being on my own, but I, there again, I had others who were in different courses who were Africans that helped and supported me through my course. So that wasn't too bad. It was a, a good African and they helped each other. That's interesting. So which, which year were you at Presec? Do you remember? I was in Presec from 78 and 79. Let's, let's come to your role as an engineer in the country. I know you played a key role in studying earthquake patterns in the country, which we'll talk about. I know at a point you were the chief administrator of the Ghana Institution of Engineering. Um, then you became the president. What do you think the role of the institution has been when it comes to getting us to do the right things in our built environment? Because um, as a media practitioner, we've been discussing almost the same issues all the time. And sometimes people say that Ghanaian engineers have filled the country and they've not played their role very well. When you hear stuff like that, how do you feel and what do you say to that? Well, let me say that uh, Ghanaian engineers have done very well over the years. And I'm talking of from independence up to now. There's a lot that we do in Ghana that if you go to some other African countries, you'll find they still have to bring in people from outside their country to do those jobs. Having said that, I think that we have um, maybe not done so well in certain areas, and those things have been addressed and are still being addressed. Uh, to explain, when you are practicing engineering, it's a whole family of practitioners that are involved. So you may be a professional engineer and you come up with your designs and so on. You are not likely to be the one who's going to execute them and do the actual job. So you are going to work with craftsmen, you are going to work with technicians, you are going to work with technologists. And when you go down the ladder, I mean, when you go to the craftsmen especially, you'll find out that we are not really training them in an organized manner. And therefore, it depends on how well your master taught you as an apprentice. When I started out in practice in Ghana, we had some pretty good craftsmen who really knew their job. It shows in the kind of buildings we are putting up now, and I'm talking about those that would be put up by individuals, and just by artisans and so on. That knowledge is not there anymore. In those days, we actually had training schools like the PWD training school where craftsmen were trained. 
And so they understood what they were doing and they knew what, you know, the right thing to do. But over the years, those kinds of places are no longer there and we are depending on a few people who may not have the full knowledge to train our craftsmen. And that is not good enough. It's part of the reason why with our new engineering council bill, we are registering craftsmen and technicians and technologists and so on. So you have that uh, problem with um, craftsmen not being properly trained. The other problems you have are not enough opportunities for engineering practitioners to understudy others and really become very competent. And it comes from the economy not being perhaps the way it should be. You also have problems in the sense that sometimes when it comes to major projects, we tend to give them out to foreign companies. I don't know why all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, we felt that our engineers were not capable of doing certain things. And sometimes it's a question of um, the company that has to do the job, maybe the way the uh, whole package is structured, you find out that the company needs to have a certain kind of financial um, muscle, which the Ghanaian companies may not have because over the years, our governments have not been paying uh, consultants and contractors and things like that for work that they've done. They have not been paying them on time. So a lot has happened to really, um, let me say, put us in a bad way as when it comes to consultancy practice and contractors. You had in the past, you know, big time Ghanaian contractors, you, you find very few these days. And we also uh, have, we don't seem to have belief, enough belief in the engineering practitioners that we have. So we don't even give them the big jobs. On, on the issue of the big jobs, um, African engineers not being given the chance, governments not doing what they must do, paying them proper consultancy fees and even paying them at all. The immediate past president at your induction ceremony, that is engineer Martin Manua from Zimbabwe. He said that in Africa's rebuilding effort post-COVID, African governments must prioritize the African engineer and put the African engineer at the forefront of rebuilding. Contracts must be given to African engineering firms and African engineers. And according to him, we cannot succeed if all the jobs go out to Chinese companies, British companies, American companies. As president now, what's your vision for the engineering fraternity? And do you associate with what the immediate past presidents? Yes, I think I subscribe to everything that he said. And in my current position, we'll try to encourage governments to do just that and make them understand that it's in the interests of their countries to build up the skills and knowledge of their own indigenous engineers. Let me give you an example. When we had uh, independence and Kwame Nkrumah was, had been talking about how Africans are capable and so on, he wasn't going to go abroad to go and get a foreign company to come and build the uh, 
facilities that he needed. He knew he had to use his <clears throat> engineers because he'd been propounding that, look, we are as good as everybody else. So when it came to building the uh, current uh, residence of parliament, which was called Job 600, they came to building that. It was a state construction company that built it in 10 months. And they, they had to do it because Nkrumah said this, he had already announced that he's hosting this AU uh, conference here and the facility needed to be done. And it was done within the 10 months and it was done by SEC. So it's not that, and that was not the only example because he believed in the engineers he challenged them and he gave them those jobs. We always feel we have to go and bring an outside consultant or so to do things. But there's all, there are other options. If we don't have a, the capacity to do a particular thing, our firms can also employ outsiders to do those things. So if as a government you really believe in your engineers and you really understand that you have to build them up, you need to challenge them. If they don't have the skills, they can go and employ outsiders to do it, but it will be under their company's name and their company will now have the experience after that job. So we don't always have to give things out to- Interesting. Employ. My name is Kojo Akoto-Wating. This is the City Business Edition here on 97.3 CTFM. And I'm talking to the first Ghanaian ever to be president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. It's the parent uh, institution for all engineering organizations in Africa. She's also the first female to be president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations and the first female to be president of the Ghana Institution of Engineering. She's the first in many ways. She's also um, arguably the foremost uh, seismic engineer in the country. And when I say that, I mean earthquake engineer. Having um, done this job for about 35 years, consulted for the government of Ghana, um, helps um, structure institutions that uh, mind Ghana's earthquake research and related matters. And we are talking about her life, her work, and her vision. So, Madam President, um, Engineer uh, Carleen Bouchedi, um, you are now the president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations. What is your vision for engineering practice in Africa? And where do you see Africa in the next 10 years when it comes to being competitive globally in engineering? At FIO, we believe that Africa cannot develop without engineering. And so the, I'm, we've tried to position file as the organization that drives the um, development of Africa through engineering. And of course, we'd like that to be done in a sustainable and social, um, in a sustainable manner. So what I will be doing at FIO will be, first of all, to try and strengthen the organization, make sure that we it's properly representative of engineering practice get all the engineering companies on board, and then make sure that we have the kind of engineering workforce that we need and industries that we need, and to make sure that they know how to 
engage in safe ethical uh, practice and sustainable practice. And also to make sure that that workforce is very diverse and inclusive. So we, we will be promoting um, this, for example, we'll be promoting uh, the females, you know, promoting engineering to females and so on across the continent. So the other thing too that we'll be doing will be trying to facilitate the mobility of the engineering workforce across the national borders. And so we'll be looking at things like standardization and making sure that we have uniform standards across the continent so that people can move across the continent to practice and also our goods can move across easily. We cannot uh, sell to each other if we have different kinds of standards. And then also we'll be promoting research in the, um, we will be pr promoting research on the continent and innovation and so on. And we'll be creating awareness of issues on the continent. And we'll be creating awareness amongst leaders and policy makers and society at large. So for example, um, we had a symposium that was looking at electrical power for uh, sustainable um, industries. And there were a number of issues that came up. We are likely to come up with a position paper on that. We may be covering things like um, privatization of electricity. Every country has had some kind of experience and you know, some have gone badly and some have uh, done well. And if as engineers, we can then advise governments and tell them the pros and cons of doing things one way or the other and help them and tell them our position on things it will help the governments to come up with um, good solutions when they have issues. So position papers will be one of the things that we'll be doing. And uh, of course, I said we'll be promoting research and innovation. So if we are able to do all these things and do harmonize our standards across, let governments know our views as engineers across the continent and so on, I believe that we'll have a more organized, um, we'll have more organized engineering practice on the continent. We shouldn't be repeating the mistakes of others because we would have picked up those mistakes and pointed them out and given our opinions on them. We would have better engineering practice and we're talking about bringing engineering practice up to world standards. So not just with professional engineers, we shall also uh, eventually be looking at craftsmen and so on and how they are trained. And so we expect that if all these things are done, we should find that Africa should be developing much faster than it is now. And we should all be ending up with the kind of Africa we want. Talking to the president of the uh, Federation of African Engineering Organizations about her life, engineering in Ghana, engineering in Africa, and her vision for the organization. We are, we are just about wrapping up on the City Business Edition. My name is Kojo Akoto Boateng. Now, um, 
now that you are president, are you going to slow down a bit in your work related to earthquakes and structural engineering, or you're still going to do that on the side? Well, I think I will not be slowing down. On the contrary, I have also just been appointed a director of the Earthquake Engineering Research Institute that is based in the U.S., but it's quite international in its uh, nature. And so I expect that I'll be doing a lot more advocacy for earthquake uh, safety mm. uh, on the continent. And, and so, yeah, no, I don't think I'll be slowing down. Now that I have you, um, I think sometime last year, mid last year, uh, we had conversations about earthquakes, uh, the earthquake threat in the Wager area. There was uh, an earth tremor in Ghana and people were really worried. And I want to know from you, should we be worried as a country? Um, do we have an existential threat when it comes to earthquakes and earth tremors that we, we must mind uh, in our quest to develop our nation? Uh, well, certainly we, we have a history of earthquakes in the past, we've had a history of damaging earthquakes. And we also know that we have constant activity at the moment, which is evidenced by these small earthquakes that you refer to as tremors. So yes, we need to be concerned and we need to start taking action now. For anybody putting up anything new, please go for professional advice and make sure that it's being done properly. For old buildings, we need to look at retrofitting those buildings so that they can perform as expected. And in those cases, what you want is that you don't want your building to collapse and kill you or harm you or maim you. So we need to retrofit older buildings. So then we also need to make sure that we are prepared through insurance. So yes, even well-designed buildings will fail. They'll fail in the manner in which they've been designed to fail. So they'll fail not to kill you, but they will fail. Therefore, you need to insure your buildings to make sure that when and if you, it's ever affected by a major earthquake, you then have the money to repair it. And so that's just the smart thing to do. That's what is done in countries all over the world where they know they have earthquakes. And we all help them in paying for their reconstruction. Let's be prepared so that when it comes to that, we have enough people, uh, money to reconstruct because it may come, we, we don't know when, we don't know where exactly. We just know that the whole of the south of the country is subject and it could possibly be affected. So it's better to be prepared. Madam President, it's been great talking to you and I'm happy and inspired that you are the president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations and you've played a role in our space. And I'm very, very confident that your tenure will see engineering practice take a leading role in delivering sustainable development to Ghanaians. I wish you all the best. And we hope to get to talk about issues one by one as they come up 
um, during your tenure as, 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 as the president. And we also lend all the support you need uh, to help you deliver the goods for the continent. Thank you for talking to us today on the City Business Edition. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you heard me talking to the president of the Federation of African Engineering Organizations, engineer Mrs. Kalian Dorcas Bouchadi. She went to Wesley Girls, live right, live pure, follow the king. Yes, live pure, yes. speak <laughs> true, follow the king. Yes. I, 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 I know the, the gay ladies are going to make a lot of noise about your achievements. And the Prosecans will also <laughs> try to jump on the fact that you, you had your sex form at Presec to also make some noise in the country. But all the same, we join them in, in your achievement as Ghanaians and we wish you all the best. Thank you and may God bless you. Thank you very much. This is the end of the City Business Edition for today. My name is Kojo Akotobuating. The City Breakfast Show with Bernard and the rest of the team continues. Stay with us.